Take God's word, turn with me to Revelation chapter number 6. We'll be reading verses 1 through 8 and then getting our message from those that passage. Revelation chapter 6 and verse number 1. The Bible says here, And I saw, this is the apostle John, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I, which is John, saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Verse number three, And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and the power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Verse 7. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beast of the earth. When we come to Revelation chapter number 6, we see that we've shifted from the scene in verses uh, chapters 4 and 5 the scene is in heaven and we've been looking at that around the throne room of God the four living beasts who are the guardians of the throne of God we've seen the lamb slain before the before the foundation of the world we've seen the 20 and 4 seated elders and we've been in that heavenly scene that's going to take place immediately after the rapture of the church. And so in chapters 4 and 5, we have the heavenly scene around the throne of God. But as we open up into Revelation chapter number 6, we're going to shift the scene. It's going to go from heaven down to earth. We're going to go from the throne room and worship of the Lamb in chapters 4 and 5 to the beginning of the tribulation period. Now notice that the tribulation period is spoke about in the Bible and will be for a duration of seven long intense years when God pours out his wrath on an unbelieving world. The world has not seen as of yet what will happen during the tribulation period that is to come. It will be seven years of literal hell on earth. And it's described by the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 8 as the beginning of sorrows. Also, this is prophesied by the prophet Daniel. 
as he is mentioned about his 70 weeks, the Bible says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. This is referring to the Antichrist. And in the midst of the week, speaking of the midst of the tribulation period, halfway through the tribulation period, he shall cause the sacrifice, the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Daniel chapter 9 verse number 27. He is referring to the tribulation period. At the beginning of the tribulation period, there will be a signing of agreement with a world dictator known as the Antichrist and ending with Christ's return to judge evil and establish his kingdom. So that's what we're looking at in the tribulation period, seven years when we have a pact with Israel under the Antichrist, Satan's Superman, and in the midst of the week, the midst of the seven years after three and a half years, he would do what we call the abomination of desolation and cause the sacrifices and the oblations to cease, and he will break that treaty with Israel, which will introduce the last three and a half years of the tribulation when it intensifies even more and was referred to as the time of Jacob's trouble. It is referred to the great tribulation, the great tribulation. So we see here as we open up chapter six, it is the period of events of three and a half years and three and a half years given us seven years. It's divided into beginning, middle, and end. Now also, as we're in chapter 6, what has happened? Remember, last week we talked about the lamb went over and got the scroll, the parchment, that had seven seals. Now we're going to see that because that was the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is the title deed in which he is rightfully, uh, is, has been rightfully chosen for. He takes that document. Only he is worthy and able and has the credentials to take that, that scroll, if you will. And on that scroll is seven seals. These seals will be torn off and peeled off by the Lord Jesus Christ, each releasing a judgment upon the earth in succession, one after the other. And so what we're talking about this morning is the seal judgments. These seal judgments initiate that seven-year tribulation period. The seven seal judgments also introduce a series of sequential or in sequence, sequential judgments that are to follow. First, we have the seven seals, and with the seventh seal introduces the seven trumpets, and with the seventh trumpet introduces the seven bowl judgment or the seven vile judgments, each intensifying, each picturing and talking about a literal judgment upon the earth during that time. See, the seal judgments extend for approximately the first quarter of the tribulation period. The first quarter. We're in the first quarter of the tribulation period. What's happened? The rapture of the church has already taken place. Revelation chapter number 4. Thank God if you're saved here this morning and you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, you do not have to go through the tribulation period. Amen. 
I do not want to even attempt to try to go through the tribulation period. I don't have to worry about that because I'm going to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'll be in heaven. I'll be around the throne of God. We'll be part of those 20 and 4 elders that represent all the saved of mankind that have been raptured out, that have been rescued out, that has met the Lord in the air, and we are in heaven. We are not the church. Born again, blood-washed, redeemed, born-again Christians will not go through the great tribulation period and all God's people said a hearty amen. But if you're here this morning and you're not saved and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if the rapture of the church was to take place right now and all the saints, not the building, the building will still be here. The building will still be here, but the people that make up the body of Christ, those who have been saved, I'm not talking about those who have, are on a church roll or they signed a visitor card or they've even been water baptized or agreed to a creed or anything like that. I'm talking about true personal salvation being washed in the blood, sins forgiven. You'll be rescued out, but there'll be many who will be left to go through the tribulation period. Now, I'm not saying this to scare you. I, if, I'm telling you it ought to scare you. It ought to scare the woolly boogers out of you about the tribulation period. You say, it don't bother me. It bothers me that it don't bother you. It bothers me because you will be under a different economy, if you will, in the tribulation period. Do you realize you say, well, what I'll do is I'm gonna make sure this thing is real and I'll just wait for the rapture to happen and then I can make things right, okay? You may can do that, but I want to tell you something. In order to endure the tribulation period, you will have to take upon yourself to buy and to sell the mark of the beast. The number 666, the number of man, the mark of the beast. Six, the number of man, short of seven, which is perfection. So I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. With these four, there's seven seals, but I'm going to deal with just the first four. Because when each of those four are peeled away, they, all, they introduce, they release, if you will, a horse and a rider. A different color horse that represents something, a different rider that represents things that will come after because of the release of the first seal and the first horse. When that beast says, that living creature says to John, come and see, what he is doing is, he is allowing that to take place and releasing those four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look at this world and when I look at prophecy and I look at the economy and I look at the world stage, I can hear, not literally, but I can hear with my spiritual ear the hoof, the hooves of those horses. And those horses are anticipating and they are anxious to be released, to release judgment upon this unbelieving world. Can you hear them? They are anxious. Now the first horse of the apocalypse will be released with the first seal. That will be the white horse and its rider. The second seal as it's torn away will be the red horse. 
The third seal will be a black horse will be released, and the fourth horse will be a pale horse being released. Number one, <clears throat> let's look at that white horse rider. Look at it with me, verses 1 and 2 of chapter 6. John says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, that's the Lord Jesus the Lamb, only He is able and has the credentials to open the seals. When He opened one of the seals, And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, Come and see, releasing that horse. And verse number 2, it is released. And I saw, John says, I saw. And behold, which means to take a strong look at, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. With the release of the very first judgment in the tribulation period, there is the sound of thunder. Now, you know what thunder is? Thunder lets us know that there is a storm coming. A great thunder, a great thunder. Four beasts, these living creatures, one of them says, come and see, releasing that white horse and see, The color white in the Bible is a representation of peace. White horse speaks of peace. Now horses in the Bible are always connected with what? Battles and wars. Now who is the rider of this horse? Some have said that this rider is Jesus Christ. However, I do not believe that. The reason they think that is because as we look ahead and fast forward to the end of the tribulation period, when the Lord Jesus comes back, the Bible says that he shall ride a white horse. Some have suggested this is Christ as he rides a white horse in Revelation chapter 19, verse number 11. John said, And I saw the heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful. And true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. But as we come here to Revelation chapter number six, initiating the tribulation period, this rider, the white horse, is not Jesus Christ. It is an imitator, it is a counterfeit, it is Satan's Superman, it is the Antichrist. You see, it's always been the desire of Satan. Since he fell from heaven in Isaiah chapter number 14, as he looked at God upon the throne, he made this statement, I will be like the Most High. For everything that God has, Satan has an imitation, a cheap imitation, a false lie, a mirage that he has created. This is the Antichrist. This is the one Daniel called the prince that shall come. Daniel chapter 9 verses 26 and 27. Now the Lord Jesus said this during his earthly ministry. In John 5 43, he said, I am come in my father's name and ye received me not. Remember he said the Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. And receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, Him ye will receive. This is Satan's Superman. 
that is the Antichrist, the man who will come, a man of peace, a man of eloquence, a man who is brilliant, a man who is smooth, a man who is skillful. He's spoken about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9-11. through 11. Now, as he's riding that white horse, the Bible says, And he that sat on him, which is Antichrist, had a bow. Let us stop right there just a minute. What does he have in his hand? He comes forth released with great anticipation, and he has a bow. He's talking about a bow and arrow. But just the bow, there are no arrows. Because he will come forth conquering and to conquer, but he will do so without firing a shot. The bow is a symbol of military power, but no arrows. He will conquer, but without firing a shot. He will come to offer peace to a world after the turmoil and the confusion uh, and the and the pillage and so forth that should come forth after the, after the rapture of the church. He will come in with all the answers. But it is a false peace. Which gives us the picture and the illustration that when the, the Antichrist comes, he's going to make that treaty with Israel. But he will do so not by revealing who he truly is, but he will do it through, listen to me, skillful diplomacy. Amen. Skillful diplomacy. No arrows. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 3, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Notice also it says, And a crown was given unto him. A crown was given unto him. Now you can see where somebody that may not know a lot about the scriptures may get the idea that this is Christ. Because Christ will be uh, given a, a, a crown and he will be uh, named King of Kings and Lord of Lords, all in capital letters by the way, in the end of the book of the Revelation. But notice here, this crown will be given unto him is a picture of a brilliant, strategical, and irresistible conqueror. Daniel 11, verse number 21 says, And in his estate shall stand up a vile person, to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall obtain the kingdom by flatteries. By flatteries. Now, here's another reason this is not Jesus Christ. He'll come on the scene, Satan, Superman, the Antichrist. And when he steps on the scene, the world is looking for a leader. They're looking for someone to step on the stage who seems to have all the answers. Someone who will eventually give what this world wants so bad and has sought for so many years, wants peace. Amen. But folks, there will be no true peace Amen. until the Prince of Peace comes. The Bible says the world shall wax worse and worse. Now notice he was given a crown. So when he comes in, do you realize that back in the early 1900s, the first of this early century, 
as you study world, world history, you find that there was the conglomeration, the establishment of what we call the League of Nations. The League of Nations. Which is eventually was changed to what we have today is known as the United Nations. This is a fulfillment. This shows us the temperature of where we are in Bible prophecy, knowing that in the tribulation period, that this whole thing is moving towards a one world system, a one world government, a one world currency. Notice way back in the first century, John the Apostle, the Revelator, said, uh, You doth have Antichrist already. The spirit of Antichrist doth already work. See, for, for years, a little bit at a time, we've seen the stage being built and being established and preparing the world for the greatest lie that's ever been presented to this entire world when that Antichrist shall come on the scene and he shall take the world stage and take the world by deception and take it over, but not by war, which that will follow, but by flatteries, being eloquent, be a politician, smooth as silk, has the right words to say, tells you what you want to hear, tells you what you want to hear. See, the devil paints a wonderful picture. He's a beautiful painter. But it is a mirage. It is not real. It is not, it is not tangible. And in the end, it will lead to destruction, death. We see the crown. The crown here, if you used to study the Greek word, look it up in a, a lexicon, if you know what that is, or a Strong's Concordance, and look at the root of that word, you're going to find out it is the crown known as Stephanos. It is the the Stephanos crown, which is the victor's crown. Now that's to be, uh, that is a, a difference between the crown that Jesus shall have. He has a Stephanos crown, which is a victor's crown, a crown that the world will give unto him and award him. That is different than the crown that Jesus Christ has when he returns on the white horse. For he will be not wearing the Stephanos, the victor's crown, nor will he have to receive it from anybody else. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 19 and verse number 12, his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. Folks, that's not the Stephanos crown. That is the diadem crown. That's the reason we say, page number 12 in your hymnal, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate, fall, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him, crown him Lord of all. Amen. Amen. I believe I will. Thank you, sir. Ain't we having fun in God's house tonight? Today, wherever we are. All right. But I'm going to tell you something. When he's released, it will be followed by he offers peace. It bothers me as a pastor. And it bothers spiritual Christians to see people in this world today. They are so deceived 
deceived. Folks, this is not all there is in this life. Do you understand me? There is an eternity. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. This thing's real. We have not followed cunningly devised fables by man. This ain't a fairy tale. This ain't something I'm just up here talking about because I don't have anything to talk about. These are things that are literally, actually going to take place. It's real. It's real. And most people would say, hmm, No urgency, no alertness, no call to action. But I want to tell you, after that Antichrist is released, I know I'm running out of time, we'll finish this some other time next week. If the Lord tarries, right? If not, you'll figure it out. When you get to heaven, it'll all be known as you're known. You'll, you won't need me. <laughs> you'll have full knowledge. You won't need me anymore. All right, so be followed by... As the last three release these other riders, we'll, we'll finish it up next week. There will be followed by bloodshed. Now you wait, say, wait a minute, preacher, I thought he promised peace. He sure did. And I wonder what Satan has promised you in your life that's not real. He will come on the scene, the great imitator, the great counterfeit, a cheap counterfeit, be followed by bloodshed, famine, and death. But let me end with this, that even after we've seen only the first seal released in the Antichrist, a New Testament gospel that, go, that correlates with Revelation chapter 6. When you, when I, want, I want you as a Bible student, when you think about Revelation chapter number 6, I want you to connect that in your mind and cross-reference that with Matthew chapter number 24. The Lord Jesus and the the Mount of Olives, the Mount Olivet Discourse. Even after the little bit I've told you this morning with one seal, three more to go, seven more trumpets, seven more vials to be released in seven years. Matthew described it this way, it is only the beginning of sorrows. The beginning. The end is not yet.